Hey everyone, it's Kriyan, aka Gigi. I'm Victoria. Ooh, and this is Mika. <laughs> <laughs> this is a word. <laughs> and we're back with another episode, and we have a very special guest. Uh, we love Rev Kev. He's like a regular uh, guest on our show that definitely always drops some gems. And we have Rev Kev with us. Hey, Rev Kev. Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I should put a little ad lib in there. Like, what's the routine? Yeah. Wait, no, this is uh, this is biblical. So, like, shouldn't it be trumpets, right? Like, uh, do some harps. They had some drums. But right? blah, 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 blah. We do some drums, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm going to do <laughs> A joyful noise. Yes, there you go. There you go. A joyful noise. Yes. So today we're going to be talking about friendships. And just as an icebreaker question, I got this from um, Skin Deep. It says, Skin Deep? Uh, yeah, it kind of goes with our topic. So it says, what do you love most about our friendship? Mm-hmm. Like, huh? all four, I guess? All four yeah, of us? Yeah, all of us. I agree. I love our um, openness. Um, I love the fact that like we can come together with any, let me not say stupid, but like any trivial question or anything like that. And we bring insight to that. And you know, I just, I, I love it. Same. Oh, sorry, Gigi. No, I was just agreeing with Vicky. <laughs> I love interrupting you apparently. <laughs> Um, (laughs) I love, I love that we pray together. Mm. I think like for me, our friendship is an answered prayer for me because I remember, I think it was like in high school. I was, I really, I prayed. It was probably like, oh, like, I don't even know if it was like two or three times that I prayed this prayer, but I was like, I really want some christian godly friends people who have a relationship with christ and that we can like have this walk together that i'm not doing it alone mm-hmm. so i love that we pray together and that we incorporate god into our conversations um and that we're consistent in praying with each other oh that's encouraging Amen. It's, um moses and aaron and her right like they just like they they held each other's hands up in prayer mm-hmm. You know, it's their their trio squad. Yeah, no, same. I I definitely feel like we encourage one another in the word. So I love that about us. And that we can talk about anything, like our chat. We talk about a bunch of stuff from like the culture to Mm. a word to a podcast to whatever. So, and of course with Red Kev, you're just like an awesome, awesome, like, <laughs> just, um, I, I would just say, like, you bring so much wisdom and like, I'm like, oh, wow. Like so many, our Bible studies like definitely hit mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. It's, yeah. Very moving. I think what I would say about the friendship is I like the fact that each of you ladies are different, that you're not cookie cut of each other that you're not trying to be clones of each other, but that you're who you are. And that's what makes the friendship whole. That's what makes the friendship, I would say, lasting. You know, that's the thing. And I think we have to realize my friend is not supposed to be a clone of me. <laughs> God knows I don't want another me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm Which should be someone else that compliments me and even corrects me and challenges me. Mm-hmm. And I think amidst your friendship, this is a level of challenging, level of respect, but, and that's healthy. I think you have a healthy friendship because not all friendships are healthy they may be okay and they may prosper sometimes but they're not necessarily healthy and i think you ladies have a healthy friendship which i think is good to see and i like seeing it. I, and i like that you call me a friend i i, I personally appreciate you call me a friend okay. that goes perfectly into the first question like what does friendship mean to you ref kept kind of touched on it yeah um i had sent out a devotional before about friendship and i think one of the things that friendship is, a, we use the word too flippantly sometimes. I think we just use it care. Oh, that's my friend. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, no, it's not. That's a friend. That's a friend. Or an acquaintance. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
because I think Jesus, the Bible talks about a friend stay closer than a brother. It talks about friendship in the Bible. It says that uh, Abraham was a friend of God. We have to look to see what the Bible says about friendship. Friendship is a very important thing to God. When you call someone your friend, you're basically calling them almost as deep as family. Mm. That's almost as deep as a blood relative, like a brother or sister that you're born into. And the thing about a friend is that I choose you as a friend. Mm-hmm. It comes a choice. You know what I'm saying? Which makes it up. We don't choose our brothers and sisters. We love them sometimes. <laughs> but we're not given the choice to choose them. But a friend. And then Jesus said, I no longer call. He said, I no longer call you. I think he said, he calls us friends. Mm-hmm. He called us his friends. Not only his brothers, but he calls us his friends. Which means being my brother is great. But now you're my friend. The relationship between children, parents, and children are good with mother you know, mother, father, son, and daughter. But when they become friends, it goes to a different level and the value is different. For a child to say my mother and my father is my friend makes it at a different level of intimacy. And unfortunately, many parents don't experience that because they too much being the father and the mother. Mm. I'm the mother, I'm the parent. I'm the parent. Okay, we got that. We, We knew that. Okay, we knew that. That's 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 cool. <laughs> but what about being my friend? Mm. I can't be my friend of my child. Then you're an idiot. I'm sorry, you're an idiot. Your child is, is an adult now, it's a person. Why can't you befriend this person? Mm-hmm. Because a per yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Vicky. Oh no, no, was, I was agreeing with you because it's like when you think of like um, oh my my child is my friend, like that's not like your teenage friend, like no. when child is like your like an adult, you yes. know, not when you're in like guiding stance. Cause like, I feel like that's, I wouldn't say toxic. Cause I throw that word around too much, but it's just, it's not, it doesn't behoove the child. If you're the child's friend. No, <laughs> you would want to be because my friend, I talk to mm. my friend. I trust my friend understands the things that I desire. And maybe I'm struggling with it. A parent may, may or may not understand that depending on that relationship when that child gets older. Okay, mm. the relationship between a fa- uh, children and their parents has to be brought to friendship if they choose to. It's not an automatic thing. It doesn't. You have lots of parents that are not friends with their children, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But you would. It's good when your parents are your friends because first of all, you respect them and you know them a little bit different. Because you wouldn't hurt your friend, you wouldn't offend your friend. So why would I friend my parent? You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I think that's what. Friendship has been, you know, I, I can say that I have a couple of godly friends and I have some people that I acquaintance with. I got a lot of people I bowl with. They're acquaintances. They're not my friends. They may call me their friends, but I don't go that deep with it because I know there are certain things in a friendship. We need to be able to share certain things. And I'll say this as believers, I'm going to tell you this. Remember this. Sometimes the people that God has called in your life at one point they're not going to be in that part of your life. Mm. Because as you grow in Christ and as you go down your path, you may have some people that don't want to go down that road anymore. And if you're going a certain place and they're not, you can't maintain a friendship because they're going to want you either to stay where they are or you're going to want them to come to where you are. And there's going to be a conflict. So sometimes those friendship, God says, that was only for that season. Now you need to go to another level. How do you handle that transition, though? Like, if, especially if that's a close friend, like, if it's, how do you handle that in the sense of, like, different seasons that someone might be in or whatever it is, whatever life transition is happening? Yeah. Well, you have a conversation and then you, you ask the Lord to give you discernment because certain people are... If my friend is going through something and it seems as though they're weary, I stay there with them to encourage them. And I pray, I encourage and so on and so forth. There is a point in time where that person has to make a decision about what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And if they decide that they want to stay that place, then you have to decide that, you know, I have to move on. It may require a conversation with them and tell them why. Or the Lord may tell you just quietly move on. Mm-hmm. Because it depends on the person. It depends on the de- I'll say this, um, my, um, I'll, two people I know, I won't use the people, but two people I know, they've been knowing each other for a very, very long time. And one of the persons 
the Lord started doing some things and started moving them on. The other person didn't want to go. And they've known each other for over like 30 years. But the other person didn't want, and they started making decisions that were counterproductive. Not necessarily counterproductive in terms of sinning wise, but just overall in maturity wise. Because sometimes you can do stuff that's not sin. It's just immature. Not a sin. And I can't go down that road because I'm beyond that. I can't do that with you. I can't become your dependent in that area because that's not healthy for me to do that. You can do that. So they had to, the Lord <clears throat> actually separated them. And the other person was struggling with it. But I told him, I says, some relationships and friendship are just for a season. Mm. But see, now you see the person for who they are because before you couldn't, now you do see it. And you know what you do? You love them where they're at and you keep the door open. If they ever want to come back in whatever the case would be, you do it. But you don't pursue them. You continue your walk with the Lord and then you let them come to you because you're not the one that broke it or decided to go. They did and they don't want to admit that, but you love them and you, you know, it was, it was an argument, no fight. It was just quietly done. So sometimes and it does hurt depending on the person, you know, depending on your, what you and what you shared, it can be very hurtful. It can. And you don't understand why they don't want to do this, but you can't make a person do anything. No matter what happens, you can't make people decide to walk with the Lord a certain way. And we are supposed to have a certain journey with God. There are certain journeys, there are certain decisions we have to make in our Lord, in our life, in order for us to grow. If we don't make those decisions, we don't grow. Mm. You just don't, you know, and some people are content with that. Some believers are content with being at this point in their life. Other believers are not. And if you want to go on and they don't, you cannot maintain a healthy friendship. Because it won't be healthy. Either you have to compromise or they have to catch up. If they don't want to catch up, then you have to compromise. Mm. You got to, if you want to maintain that friendship. Uh, maybe a question like like completely off topic, but does that there's such a thing as like a unequally yoked friendship or something? It could be from the principle wise, because really unequal yoke means the fact that we're on different levels with different mentalities and different attitudes. And we have different value systems mm. and different convictions. That's what it means unequal yoke. The Bible was specifically, was specifically talking about being married to a person who's an unbeliever and a, a believer because you're two different realm so to speak you're two different uh two different heritages no offense when you're a believer your father is god when you're not a believer your father is devil so i mean it's like trying to get them together it just doesn't work too well you know so that's the kind of principle with that but in the principle wise you could be unequally yoked with another believer in the fact that you're separated because if they're here and you're over here how can you have friendship there's no fellowship what are you gonna talk about mm. what are you gonna share you end up sharing the past and what you did when we were young, if you were that, you know what I'm saying? But nothing's ever new. There's no freshness. It's always old, what we did. Remember when we did this? Well, I wanna, I'm 50 years old. I ain't remember what I did with 15 years old. I don't remember that no more. I'm done. I'm grown up. <laughs> and that's in the what happened with friendships. We got to remember everything we did and we have nothing new. So this is it's a stale relationship. It's, it hasn't grown. It's moldy mm. and fuzzy. Not good. Not cool. You want a fuzzy friendship? No. Nah. Mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that's what the friendship thing is. That's what it, you know, how it is. And I think many times we desire friendship because we would, we desire those type of relationships. And sometimes we will settle for something because we feel we need something. Mm. When I was growing up, I had hemophilia, molested, was a boy with no dad, no brother. So I really had a lot of emotionally psychological, mental issues. Yeah, I was crazy. <laughs> I had well jacked up in the head. I did. And I thought that I needed friends. I thought I needed friends to be who I was. And I would do things and I would just go out there and and I had a friend that dogged me out. I mean, they just literally dogged me out. And I think when I was like 15 years old, I was devastated. I was 15, 16. And then when I got 18, 19, I said, you know what? I'm done with this. I didn't, I didn't bother with anybody. Mm -hmm. it, took me, it took me a while before I even befriended anybody. I just didn't. I just, I wasn't, I didn't want it. I was, I was not going to because I wasn't anymore. Nobody's going to hurt me. You're not going to hurt me. You're not going to make me feel like I'm a piece of crap. No, I'm not going to do that. I don't need you. And then as I got old, when I got saved, and then God, I'll tell you, when, when I got saved, I went to Africa. And I was a missionary in Africa. And I met these two guys. One was from Nigeria. 
and one was from, um, what was he from? He was from Ghana. And it's somehow or another, we became the closest friends. It was, it was, I mean, it was God. It was definitely God gave me two guys, two brothers um, from Africa. And we call ourselves, a, we call ourselves a Trinity. I was the father. Now, uh, <laughs> one was, one was the spirit and one was the son. My friend was uh -huh. the son, and he was the spirit. And I was the father. So they called us the African Trinity. Ah, I mean, it, seriously, we had shirts. I mean, we were caught. It was, we shared rooms together. It was, we, you, we were like three, you couldn't separate us. But God gave me those friends. And he said, I'm going to give you people that I'm giving you as a friend. And I learned what friendship are. One of them I keep in talk with when I don't, but that was for a season. So I realized then God will give you what you need if you need it. And now I know how to be a friend. See, I know how to be a friend. I didn't know how to be a friend before, but now I know how to be a friend because God gave me friends and I know what that was all about. So, I mean, again, do we need friends? Yes, but God can be our friend first and then God will bring people in your life. So you don't necessarily have to worry about, oh, I ain't got no friends. Yes, you do. You got God. And you'd be surprised at the people that you befriend too and how they become friends thereafter. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. So, oh, and shout out to Rebecca. This is basically her episode. Hey, Rebecca, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and one of her questions was, um, like, oh, it's kind of what you were just talk, talk, talking about, Repkev. Like, is, is it important for us to pray for the right people to be sent to us? Like praying to God for the right friendships. That's healthy. Mm -hmm. It's healthy. Say, Lord, you know what? And especially if you desire friendship. Say, Lord, send the right people to me. And then on the flip side, Lord, let me be able to recognize what is the right friendship. Mm -hmm. See, we always ask the Lord to send. But if God sends it and you can't recognize it, what is he sending it for? You have to be sensitive to be able to recognize what God is sending to us. It's not a one-sided thing. Two-sided. God sends, but you have to make sure this, you understand what he's sending. Because sometimes he sends a friend to challenge you. Not necessarily the friend that you want to have, but the one he wants to have because that friend is going to have you grow in him and they're healthy for you to have. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. That's important. And he may tell you, well, right now I want you to have a friend I don't want you to be with anybody. I just want you and I to spend the time together. You could say that too. That's absolutely valid. Yeah. Yeah. Because then if I, when I teach you what it means to be a friend of mine, then when I do send you a friend, you'll know how to treat it. In those type of friendships where you might have to have like a rough or tough conversation with them, mm -hmm. about whatever it is that they, you know, your blind spot, whatever that yes. might be. Mm -hmm. um, like, how do you have those conversations without coming off kind of judging or rude in any type of way, but like, you know. Um, one, I always say, ask the Lord what to say. If you want to talk to somebody, especially if it's a brother and sister in Christ that you love, you want to ask the Lord what to say, write it down and say, Lord, make sure that my spirit and you say it in love. Mm -hmm. You say it. You say it in love and you make sure there's nothing and you make sure that you verify and check your heart and your motive for what you want to say. Mm. See, I can't, no one knows your motive, but you and God. And you need to check that at the door because if you say it in love with the right motive, they may not receive it, but they know that it wasn't served. To, it wasn't said to hurt them because mm -hmm. the Holy spirit is going to confirm to them in their spirit. This is what needs to be said. Mm. And yeah. if you do have a friendship that's healthy, you should be able to take it. The friendship should be able to survive that. The true friendship should be able to survive conversations that they have with one another. If they don't, then maybe the friendship really wasn't strong in the first place. Mm -hmm. You were a glorified acquaintance. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all you really were. Glorified for 30 years. It was nice years, but that's it. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I mean, talking to a friend, I mean, unless it's something really serious, most of the time we don't really have to talk to our friends about things unless it's something they've done to us personally, they've offended us, then we need to talk with that. You need to talk to someone if they offended you, especially if they didn't know they did. Mm -hmm. then they, and they don't, they don't need to be upset because you brought it to them, you know, that kind of stuff like that. But overall, we understand our friendship to a certain extent. We know which ones are, eh, you know, eh, it's okay, you know, it's all right. And we know the ones that are like really important. Mm -hmm. I just think we, I think we live in a, a, a friendship needs society though. 
like friend me, you didn't friend me on Facebook. Everything is like a friend, friend, friend. friend. <laughs> you know, I think that, that's the, the the mantra of the society, that kind of stuff like that. That's a, that's actually a Black Mirror episode. It's like um, hmm. social equity or something like that. Like you, okay. you have like oh. friends, or something like that. Like that's how you raise yourself in in society by how many people you know. So I don't use that word friend too flippantly. I have acquaintances on my job. Most people on my job are my acquaintances. They are not my friends. They're people I work with, and I respect you, but they're not my friends. I don't call you after work. I'll pray for you overall, but that's about it. You mm-hmm. know, and even in ministry. Brothers and sisters in Christ are your brothers and sisters in Christ. Being a friend is something that you have to, laugh for a better word, have to engage upon. We have to show some commonness to be friends. And we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And because of that, I will respect you or not. But I don't necessarily want to go out with you. You may be, you may be strange. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You may be weird. <laughs> no offense. I mean, I love you, but I don't want to do that. Yeah. You know what I'm I mean, I bowl. Most believers don't believe that bowling is scriptural or, 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 or whatever. So again, I'm not going to ask you to go bowl with me unless you, if you say you want to bowl, let's do it. So again, <laughs> friendships in ministry are relative sometimes to your maturity and who you are in Christ. Because you can't be a friend because some people don't know how to handle that. Example, you know, I drink wine. Some people couldn't handle that. Did I drink your pastor? Have you drink wine? You're drinking the devil's enlistment. Well, first of all, Jesus drank the wine, and I'm not drinking the wine to get drunk. See, I know why I drink wine. Maybe you drink wine to get drunk. That's on you, not me. Okay? Mm-hmm. I know why I drink it. So, again, but I wouldn't do it to everybody because I know some people are, well, and I wouldn't want to offend you. I wouldn't want to cause you agita. And I don't want you to cause you lose your relation with Christ because you see me drinking a glass of wine. So, again, you, you have to discern what people to call your friends because they may not have the capacity to be a friend. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody doesn't have a capacity. They say they do, but they don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, think of somebody who is warring within themselves and they don't, they barely like themselves. So it's like, they can't be no. a person who's your friend because it's like, they're so negative or so yeah. like, yeah. They bring you down. So it's like, they yeah. literally, and you're like, oh, I got to be there for this person. Da, 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 da. No, this person cannot be a friend right now. No, you're right. No, you're absolutely you're right. They don't have the capacity for it yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe later on, and you would pray for them in the quietness of your heart that they would understand what friendship is. But right now, we can't have that type of relationship mm-hmm. because it's not healthy for either one of us. And um, that kind of answers the, one of the questions. Uh, it was like how to navigate like different personalities in a group friendship. Cause you know, everyone's different and you have yes. and everything and some people might be extroverts, but people might be introverts. So it was talking, so the question was like navigating different personalities. And I guess, like you said, it takes discernment and, yeah. I, and you can also have like personal relationships outside of the group uh, as well. So I yeah. think that um, plays a role in it. It definitely takes discernment. Like you were talking about Refkev. Yeah, it does. And again, people sometimes are very sensitive you don't know a person's story just because you've been a friend with somebody. They don't tell you everything. Like you don't tell everybody. Everything. So you don't necessarily know the full story. So don't assume that it's about you per se. It could be their own struggles. Mm. And they haven't come to, as Vicky says, they haven't come to, they haven't come to resolve those things. And then they manifest in different ways. See a real friend, not that you excuse a person, but you want to understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A real friend wants to understand. I can't excuse you for your nastiness and I'm not going to. I'm not. You're not going to talk to me where you want to. But I do understand that maybe you're struggling with something. So I'm going to help you out where I'm going to remove myself from this for a while until you can work that through. Because the longer I stay and you do this, I'm go- it's going to start to affect me. And then I can't be a provision for you later on when you want to get right. Wow. Mm. That's wow. That's amazing. I have to leave you so I can become a provision for you later on when you decide to get right. Mm. And sometimes that's what happens in friendships. Got to cut them off. Yeah. And I think it's a level of maturity to just to recognize that. Yes, it does. Yeah. It really does. And we should be mature in our relationships as believers. Now, I'm always speaking about believers. Like the world has its own venue, but for believers, we should be mature in our, in our friendships should have a different value system than the world does. Mm-hmm. If I call you my friend, there should never be a question about my motive, my intention with you as a friend. 
um, you ladies, uh, when I'm with you, especially Gigi, she's a single lady and I'm a single man. I always make sure I respect all of you at all costs because you're my friends. I never do anything to give the wrong impression by anybody at any cost because that's what you do in friendships. You honor them and you respect them. You make sure that they're represented properly. That's what you should do as a friend. With all my friends, I do that. My friendships with my friends mean something to me. When I call you my friend, it means something. I don't use it lightly. And that literally means that if you need something, I will give you what I can. You abuse me, I'll talk with you. You abuse me again, I'll talk with you. you abuse me a third time, I'm done with you. I'll pray for you. And that's it. Simple as that. Worry about it. Because that means you don't have a capacity for this friendship. Because you don't abuse something that you love or that mm. you care about. You don't. You don't. Now, you may be struggling with stuff. You may be going through stuff. But if I bring it to you and I tell you, well, you know, Gigi, you said A, B, C, and D. That offended me. And you go back and do A, B, C, D, and E. Okay. Love you. Bye. <laughs> That's it. Do you uh, like believe in like going to a person like you said twice, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I got that third time. It's like yeah, yeah. I use that <laughs> illustration. But if you go to a person as the Lord leads you, God may tell you one time to do it, and that's it. He may tell you three or four times to do it. I don't know, but you're led by the Lord to do it. I was using it as a, as an illustration, but you want to be able to communicate. If a, if a, the Bible tells you if you have an ought with your brother, go to him. Yeah. The Bible does tell us that if we have issues with each other, is to talk about them. And we should be able to talk about them honestly, sincerely, and be able to not blame one another, but own it. If we can't own it as friends, then maybe we have to reevaluate the level of the type of friendship we have. Mm. It may not be that level. It may be a level one as opposed to a level five, so to speak. If okay. level one, that's cool. That's all right. You know, I can live with that. But if it's not level five, then no, we don't do that level because somebody's going to get pissed off and eventually the flesh is going to come out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the flesh is dead. It may be dead, but it sometimes raises his head up sometimes. You know, Hello. All right. dead yet. You know, so, and you want to avoid, you want to avoid the temptations of cursing someone out. <laughs> yeah. You just want to avoid that whole situation. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to be tempted in that area unnecessarily. So yeah. don't put yourself in a position to be tempted. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> to that point, that's that's a flag. That's a red flag. Like, oh yeah, like, oh, 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 oh. yeah, yeah. Exactly. How can we establish boundaries with helping friends? With healthy or healthy friends? Helping, like I guess if you're helping someone with with something, but also creating a boundary. Okay. Um. Again, when we start to help people, we need to ask the Lord how to help people. Mm -hmm. We we're on, we don't know what they want. People mm -hmm. have a desire, and sometimes you can help them in their own sin, so to speak, or their mm -hmm. own problems by helping them. Oh, like because yeah, you, you can't save people, so like sometimes that can be draining within itself. Like it is, it is. Being friends, girl, like um, you're not a charity case. We should be, you know, encouraging each other. Like it's, I, I don't know. I'm just thinking so, about. Those friendships where it's just like, oh, be there for me, please, please, please. And it's just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. No, Lord, no, that's you're needy. God, look, please. No, no. Mm -hmm. You said that you now define help. See, again, that's a that's a very generic word, helping someone. Generally speaking, we're supposed to be there for one another. If you need some maybe financial help or some kind of we're supposed to help you. There's, there's no question about that, because as believers, we help one another in, in a friendship you should be able to draw the line of where that help is and discern what kind of help am I giving you? If I'm giving you a thousand dollars every single week, something's wrong with that. We ain't helping yeah. out like, Oh, some, oh no, I ain't taking care of you. No, 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 no. Once in a while, if you need some help, then fine. We just talk about that. If I'm helping you, are you in a caustic relationship and you want me to help hide you? Well, no, I'm not going to do that either. No, we got to get, no, 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 no. You know, what kind of help do you, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, right. call the cops. You know what I'm saying? So what is it that the type <laughs> of help that you give someone determines is, is based upon what, what are they asking you to do? Mm. What are they asking? Are you, is your, is this help going to help our friendship or hurt our friendship? Right. Because I can't help you and I can't help you disobey God or sin that I can't do. And I won't do that because that means our friendship is over anyway. It's mm. done. So determining, first of all, what the help is, how do you do that? First of all, do they need the help? What kind of help are you talking about? 
Be specific yeah. about the help. I need your help. What do you mean? What do you mean my help? Mm-hmm. Exactly. What, 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 tell me what you need. Well, I just need your help. Well, I, don't, I can't help, but I don't know what you're talking about. Is it money? Is it time? Whatever. So the question is a good question. Then it goes to the next step. That what type of help do you need? And then once you find out, then you say, Lord, what do I do? Mm. See, that yeah, you have to, act, no matter who it is, you have to, the people, believers need to develop the mindset to ask the Lord what to do. We do too many things on autopilot, on road. Mm-hmm. We just think it's the right thing to do. And we don't ask the Lord anything until it's a problem. And I'm really in a jam. Then you ask, Lord, Lord, you should have asked me 10 years ago. I didn't tell you to do that in the first place. Mm-hmm. You determine the boundary lines based upon what's actually being asked of you. Mm-hmm. Right. That's how the boundary lines are set, based on what's being asked of you. Because there's certain things you, ju- you and I just should never do, no matter for a friendship. No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't do it. Because if it causes you to lose your fellowship with the Lord, not going to do it. Sorry, mm-hmm. just, just not yeah, going to I love how you said, like, definitely go to God first. Because that's happened to me before where I was offended by something. And when I spoke to God about it, he showed me why I was offended. And then I was like, oh, and it was connected to this. And like, yes. I was like, oh, wow. So it kind of yes. a lot. So, yeah. Go it does. And it, it saves you the stress. And the energy of maybe going back to someone to engage something that was like, whoa, that was way off. That mm-hmm. was really way off. And now you done compounded it with your craziness. <laughs> so you're, you're absolutely right. And I think that's what people don't ask the Lord. They don't, they don't, they don't ask the Lord anything. They just do it. It looks mm-hmm. good. It's mm-hmm. not sin. But everything that's not sin is not good. It may not be for you at the time. It's not necessarily sin, but it's just not good for you. And that's not what the Lord wants for you at this time. Um, one of the other questions was about grief, like how to uh, help a friend that's grieving. Mm. Grief is hard because it depends on what they're grieving, a loss of a child or, you know, those kind of things. Um, many times I tell people, don't say a whole lot. Just don't talk. Just don't talk. Just be there. Just be there. Don't say a whole lot. Don't try to don't try to give any insight. Don't try to say, I know what you feel. Don't don't. That's the worst thing in the world because you don't know how I feel. Don't say that. Just pray. Ask the Lord to, you know, Lord, what should I do? What should I say if nothing else? And just be there. Sometimes people don't need you to say anything. They just need you to be there for them. Mm. If they want to talk, they want to laugh. My friend, she, her father passed away and I went to I went to the wake. And, you know, I always have a great sense of humor. I'm like, yeah, you know, even in the midst, I can laugh and joke because I think it's, it has levity. It just, it lets things, and she said, she says, thank you so much for coming to the wake and making me laugh. <laughs> she says, thank you for making, she says, you always make me laugh. And she says, thank you so much. I says, no, you're my little sister and I want to make you, and I wasn't making fun, but I just know that sometimes laughter helps us get released of stuff mm-hmm. because she mourned her dad. You know, it was, it was rough or it was a surprise. She didn't know it, you know, so these things happen all of a sudden. So again, you know, that sometimes is what you do with a person. You don't preach. I didn't preach or anything. I just, I went there to be your friend. So being a friend means we don't say a whole lot. We just be there. We'll go to the movies. We'll go out to eat. You know, I take you out to do something. I don't know. Just, you know, if you want me to come over, just hang out, do something, whatever. What do you want? If you don't want me to do anything, I'll just sit here and look in your face. I do that too, if you want, you know, but again, yeah, my friends do that, you know? So again, you, in terms of grieving, we don't know what people go through. So just be there for them. That's it. Just be there. Don't, don't, Try to be, oh, yeah, I was, eh, just just be there. Don't say nothing. Don't do anything. And if they need you, try to be available for what need is. Because many times when people are grieving, they they think they can handle stuff, but a lot of things get shut down. And they just, it just it's, it's, it's a rough time for them. You know, so that's what I would say. Just relax. Don't say too much. Don't try to do anything. Just be there. Someone said that sympathy can sometimes feel empty. Mm. Uh, like we mean well when we say like we're trying to understand where somebody's coming from, like we know what you're going through, but mm-hmm. when that person hearing it who's actually going through that and they know that you don't know what they're going through, yeah, feel void mm-hmm. of love or whatever you meant for it to achieve. So I think, yeah, I think that it is important to just like to not you don't have to try to impress that person mm-hmm. by not- you don't. You don't need to say anything. And again, I like what you said about sympathy can be empty. And what we need is compassion. Compassion sometimes doesn't say anything. 
Yes. Passion is just there waiting. What do you need? What do you need? That's compassion. Because, for example, I would never know what it's like to lose a child. Mm. I would never. There's no way for me to ever to know because I'm not a parent. So I could never know what that experience is. I know what it means to lose my mother. I know what it means to lose to lose someone that I love. So the compassion is I understand loss. That's why you don't say anything. I'm just available to what you need. Our last question. Um, mm -hmm. Is it okay for us to be friends with like non-believers? Because that's like a whole thing. So yeah, yeah. advice on like having godly friendships, but then balancing like not having friends. Like what does that look like? And then well, that again, um, our definition of friends is what? See, we always use it based upon believers. So you, the Bible says you're not a friend of the world. But God always tells us to love people. Mm -hmm. So can I love a person as a friend that's not a believer? Sure, I can. <laughs> I love them through Christ. Okay. I just realized that in that friendship, there are certain things that we don't do because we don't have the same foundation. Yeah. That's yeah, the people yeah, that's I, yeah, the people I bowl with in my leagues, some of them are not saved. But I bowl with them. I treat them well. They know I'm a minister. They know that I'm a believer. You know, one person did ask me a question, so I had to share. But they know who I am. But I'm, I don't, you can't look at you, wicked, evil, demon. I pray, God, that, you know, I get a chance to share with them because I know if they're not saved, I know where they're going to go. They don't know where they're going to go, but I know where they're going to go. So that becomes my conviction. That becomes my responsibility. See, <laughs> having a friend that's not saved puts a, also responsibility on you and I. Mm -hmm. Because, mm -hmm. see, we know their destiny. And if they don't know Christ, I don't care how many times you say you love them. They don't know Christ. They're not going to be with you in heaven. So the reason is, and again, some people can't deal with that either. So if you want to be a friend to someone, your goal is like the guy that the little, my little brother in San Diego, been knowing him probably for God knows 10 years. To my day, he's not saved. But God has not told me not to go spend time with him. I still go for his birthday, spend time with him, share with him, go with him. He's not a believer, but he knows I am. And I treat him and I love him. I don't ever disrespect him. I won't ever say anything. So because my desire is that he would come to know the Lord. That's my desire. Mm -hmm. So I do befriend him. And I, I set the boundary lines. Certain things I don't go do. I, he took me to one comedy show with, um, what are those Marlin brothers? The brothers uh, Wayne? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I saw them live at Caroline. Oh, my God. I yeah. didn't like it either. It's so. Okay. They were vulgar. Every so word out of his mouth was dirt. Every word was a curse word. Everything was vulgar. And he took me there. And I said, you know, I, I was sitting there. I'm like, Lord Jesus, this is disgusting. But, I, you know, he did it for me as a, I, was a, I said, you know, I said, thank you. I said, but don't ever take me to that again. <sighs> that I can't deal with the vulgarity. Yeah. I, said, everything, I said, I can't deal with that. I, I can't. I said, you know, I love you and I thank you for taking you. He said, he said okay. Okay. But that's and, it. Like kind of like an off um, topic point, but it's like, mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of, I, I, I don't hate the Waynes brothers. I don't. No, no, no. It's kind of like a cheap form of comedy. Cause it's like, like when you're just throwing, like you're just being gross or you're just throwing a bunch of vulgar things out there. And it's like, you're not actually being that witty. You're no. just being shocking. And it's like, you're like, yeah. oh, you did that. It's like, it, yeah. <laughs> but the world likes that though. The world likes vulgarity. Mm. The society does. Society loves it. And again, I don't, I got you. I know what the world is and I know what the world wants. I don't want that. And I choose not to be involved with that. So all the people that are, that are not believers that I, that I acquaint with, they know my standard. They know my premise. And they know if they ever ask me a question, I'll tell them. So in that sense, Gigi, I do have some people that are not believers, but they know that I'm a believer. It doesn't mean I don't share with them. I'm mindful because I bowl. And that doesn't mean I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Do I find any Christian bowlers? I don't know. They may not want to bowl. So I'm bowling with unsaved people. Thank you. In the conversation. You know what I'm saying? So you have to find out what works for you in your relationship with Christ. The key thing is that all believers need to ask the Lord what to do and what to put in their lives. We get too much wrapped up into what society and culture says we're supposed to do. We basically live our Christian life legalistically. Do's and don'ts. Do's and don'ts. You don't do this. You do this. You don't do this. You don't do this with this person. You don't do this on this day, but you do it on this day with this person, with this shirt, with this tie. That's how we live our believers' life. That's not even scriptural. You're supposed to be relaxed. You're tight all the time. I imagine that Paul was around a lot of unsafe people. 
I imagine that Jesus Christ was around a lot of mm-hmm. unseen people. Okay. Mm-hmm. But he didn't stop talking with them. He didn't stop fellowshipping with them. You know? So again, as long as that friendship doesn't start to change you, then it can be maintained. Mm-hmm. But if it starts to affect you, then you need to get rid of it because you can't handle it. You don't have a capacity for it. You don't. So therefore, it would be more damage to you to be friends with someone in the world than to be a friend to you because you're not convicting them. And then you end up losing your testimony, so to speak, mm-hmm. and your representation. And you don't ever want to lose that because if you lose your testimony, you can never share with them. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. When, and we're around unsafe people. We have to be mindful. I was in the bowling on Friday and they heard me curse. I said, oh, Lord, I said, I don't blew it now. I said, OK, if I say, see, you heard me curse. Yes. In the conversation. Yeah, I did it. I apologize. It's done. OK, can we move on from this? You was losing the game, brother Kev. You was losing the bowling. Oh, no, I wasn't even losing the game. It was something else. I didn't even care about the game. It was some other stupidity going on in the bowling alley. I got stupid. I'm like, what do you mean? What? You know, and I'm like, OK, Lord, I said, Jesus, forgive me, Father. They, look, they said, oh, I said, yes, I said a cursed word. I repented. Let it go. OK, uh-huh. people. Let it go. <laughs> I said, I choose not to curse. Not that I can't, but I just choose not to. Okay. But again, but they still know me. But I'm just saying in general speaking, we want to maintain a certain demeanor around us because they, for lack of a better word, they don't understand anything about being a believer. They only know what they see on television. They only know what they see in society. And we're supposed to walk around with snow. We don't smoke. We don't drink. We don't curse. We don't spit. We don't cough. We don't sneeze. We don't do anything. <laughs> you know, we, we just... Bowl. We don't bowl. Why are you bowling? We don't bowl. We don't play golf. We don't play basketball. All we do is go to church all the day long and sing songs. That's insane. I don't even do that. That's not happening. So again, we want to maintain something so that we represent Christ the right way. And you can represent him with unsaved people being their friends because you treat them for who they are and you don't judge them. That's the key. And also, if they're unsaved, how, it's not saying it's going to be impossible, but how else are they going to find examples? Unsaved people don't usually go to church. Like, oh, you know Why would they? This is what they wanted. This is a concert. They having some free food. Then I'll come. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they, what they coming there for? Right. For what? <laughs> Oh, I have a question about like um like uh things that you do or whatever because a friend of mine was like oh she doesn't know if she would celebrate Halloween with her kids because like she doesn't want other people to see that and like question her being a believer but I was like I don't know in my opinion I was like but if someone like judges you off of that one thing to me that's like they're just kind of like looking for it at that point but mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm well, the bottom line is, let's face it, the Bible doesn't tell us to celebrate any holiday at all. Not even Christmas. The Bible doesn't tell us to celebrate Jesus' birth. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say that. It doesn't tell us to celebrate his resurrection or his death either. Holidays are what man makes for his own purposes. So if you choose our birthdays, we celebrate. I doesn't tell you to celebrate that at all. But I celebrate my birthday. I'm going to continue to do my birthday until God takes me home because it's my birthday. So I'll be doing it. You know what I'm saying? So celebrating a holiday, again, what is your motive for celebrating? If she wants to do this for her kids, for as long as she explains to her kids what this day is about, what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. She shouldn't have to worry about, anyway, believers are going to think about, the, about you no matter what you say or do. It doesn't mm-hmm. make a difference. You got people in ministry that no matter what you do, they can't mind their business. They ain't got enough self-discipline to be mindful of all. They got to be up in your business. And no matter mm-hmm. what you do, they're going to be up in your business. So those are crackhead Christians. So you can't do it with a crackhead Christian. They're going to be that way. So what you do, you pray for them and you love them and you don't even talk to them. So no, she shouldn't have to worry about, again, celebrating holidays. Just find out why you're doing it. If you just want to do this for your kids and eventually let them know this was a holiday, da, 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 we stressing them. explain it to them. Doesn't mean that you're evil or wicked because you celebrate a holiday. Like I told right. you, Christmas is not a holiday. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no! Uh, she basically was just saying if if a non-believer was to see her do that, like they might question like her, I guess, walk with God or whatever. But I was just like, what? That's like, what? How does the two like? Yeah, they ain't thinking about your walk with God. They ain't thinking about yeah. you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we That's think that unbelievers are looking at us saying, "Oh, look at them Christians." No, they're not. They're really not. They're really not. It's right. only. That really, really look at you. Like it's only the what? It's right. only the, 
hurts people that really yeah it does <laughs> unbelievers on no you know why because unbelievers got their own stuff going on with them they ain't thinking about you mm. they're not thinking about you no i don't know why they think that everybody thinks that the world's looking at christians no they're not yeah they're crazy christians out on television they're looking at but you yeah. and i they ain't looking at us they, they, don't, they don't even think about us they don't right. even know you exist half the time mm -hmm. so why do you think they're thinking about you what they may think about you what do you think about you Mm. Forget what you think about you. Forget what they think about you. What do you think about you? That's the real. That's the real question, right there and there. Because okay. the world's going to think what the world's going to think anyway. No matter what you do, they're going to think it anyway. Mm. So she should relax, do as the Lord leads, and you know, not that you forget the world, but you're not here to serve the world. Mm. You're here to serve Christ. Now, if you if they question you about it, then you could tell them, "I'm doing this because of A, B, C, and D." If necessary, if it comes to that, but you don't have to give an account to them for why you celebrate a holiday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, you don't have to. Mm -hmm. I mean, you may want to, and I tell them to tell them a second, mind your business. <laughs> I, I have a problem with that. Mind your business. What is that gonna do? Okay. I like to dress up. Like what's... Yeah, I want to dress up. So what? Well, the Lord, well, a Christian. Are you a Christian? No. <laughs> so then, how are you telling me what I'm supposed to do? Right. Okay. Yeah. Let's like... have that conversation first. You're not a Christian, so don't tell me what to do. So mm -hmm. I don't tell you what to do because you're a sinner, right? So then you'll tell me what to do as a Christian. Hello, yeah. you. Okay. <laughs> like, so no. yeah. What if I'm a bomb makeup artist or I have great DIY skills and I want to just turn myself into like, I don't know, some like, like my- Whatever. Right? Exactly, like, yeah. Nothing yeah. to do with evilness. It's like, okay, this is a great fun project. Like, like I know some Christians that don't even do costume parties. Like, like yeah. growing up, yeah, like growing up, I was like, all right, I can't do Halloween, but I really want to be Sailor Moon. Like, I <laughs> want to be Sailor Moon so bad. Like, it's some, and my, my parents are like, no, no costume party. That's not Christian. Like, what? What? I can't even be Sailor Moon. Like, come on now. It's a fictional character, not even real. Right. So, what's the deal? Twirl around, like yeah. Again, they they say Christian. Again, we need to have a a, a, a podcast of what is Christian, mm. because the word Christian is abused so much, and it's not. It's only used three times in the Bible, and it's not what God called us. Mm. We really need to go over that. That would be a good podcast for people to understand what that word Christian really means and what it stands for. Because we tack Christian onto everything: Christian this, Christian that, Christian this, Christian that. That doesn't make it right before God because we tack on Christian before it. It doesn't make it holy or sanctified because we say it's a Christian bookstore. I got a Christian bagel. <laughs> so what you eating holy cheese now? Please. You know what I'm saying? Holy cream cheese. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> What's going on here? Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah that's just interesting. But yeah, yeah. So to wrap up this episode, I just wanted to point it out. Um, I just wanted to point out some... Mm -hmm. Friendships in the Bible, um, mm. Jonathan and David. Yes. He loved David. Um, he made like a covenant with David. He would even help him, you know, with Saul and everything. And mm -hmm. I his robe. Um, there's Jesus and the 12 disciples. Mm -hmm. uh, and then what? Jesus also had, what are you going to say? Oh, I was just saying his squad. Like, oh, yeah, right? <laughs> gang, gang. <laughs> um, uh, he also had like Peter, James, and John, and that was like his core uh, friends. Like, mm -hmm. They were with him in certain points, like at certain points of his life, like when he, I think, uh, raised someone from the dead. They were there. Yes. Um, they were there for. Uh, I think before he, like, he had, he was having like a stressed out moment. They were there, like mm -hmm. they, that was just his core, his his core group, and um, and then something else also too, like. But um, just showing how friendship, how close friendships can be, John like laid his head on um, Jesus, and that was like a really intimate moment. Mm -hmm. Those are just some um, examples of friendships in the Bible and how important it is to have these intimate relationships and in in intimate friendships, and yeah. that, uh, it's for it's for our growth that we need to go to God for our relationships and navigate them in, in every way. And that pretty much wraps up the episode. That's what I wanted to touch on. Just letting you know that our friendships should be developing us, should be encouraging, yes. helping us grow. And um, it should be God 
in all of our intimate relationships. He should be the core and the foundation to our friendship. Amen. No, that's true. And Christ is our number one friend. And if we do, if we believe we have no friends, Christ is our friend no matter what. Mm. At all costs. He's our friend. He's always will be there. I like the points. Very good in terms of the illustrations, uh, in terms of friendship. And we should have healthy friendships. We need them. We can't, we don't have a life without them. Even if you're married and have kids and have a husband and a wife, you know, married, you still should have friends outside your marriage that are godly friends that encourage you. And like you said, Gigi, we should be growing with our friends. We should be growing together. I don't have to be you, an example of you, but I should be growing in the Lord where I become more sensitive so our conversations can also mature. I look at the, at the, at the a word at the table with your three ladies. All of you ladies have grown in the Lord. Different areas, different directions. Um, but you're growing. That's why the friendship can survive. Yes. That's why the friendship can survive differences, different challenges. And even if you ladies have disagreements, conflicts, because every friendship has a conflict or a disagreement. It's just nature, natural to have that. Mm -hmm. But the friendship survives it, which means the situation, circumstance is not more important or more valuable than the friendship. That's the key. If I have a disagreement with Gigi or Vicky, how important is that disagreement relative to my friendship with you? Mm. That's what it comes down to. And some people think that the, the disagreement is more important, so the friendship is over. Mm. And that's them. That's just that's the way it is sometimes. Some people look at it that way. But a real friendship survives. Because it realized this race and serpent, our disagreement is is nothing. It's not that it's not that important. It ain't right. that serious. It ain't that serious. I love you and my friendship with you has a, a greater value to me than a disagreement. So you don't agree with me. So I don't agree with you. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. We agree not to agree. Let's go and have some coffee. Let's go hang out and talk and move on from that. That's it. Yeah. That's what friends, that's what real friendships do. That's what real friendships do. Okay. Mm. And I feel like knowing that you have that type of friendship, you feel more comfortable. Yes. More, uh, able to be more vulnerable because of the fact that, you know, even if we have a disagreement, we can still work beyond it. Yes. So, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I sure true. That's very, very important. Yeah. All right. If there aren't any last points, I'm going to wrap it up. Well, thank you, Ref Kev, as always. Always. Wonderful, wonderful insight. And this is a word. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>